What's good, people? It's Reg. It's Stone. And we're out here partying in San Tropez. We've got our vaccines. Laying back in for martinis. COVID-free. We'll forever be COVID-free because that's how we ball out here. You know what I'm saying? You know, Como gives us that special shipment. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I mean, it was a hoax anyway, but it's all good. It's all, it's, all, it's all a hoax anyway, but you know what I'm saying? We're out here, you know, living our best lives while you please are out there, you know, socially distancing. We're out here making it happen. You know what I'm saying? I feel you, man. I feel you. I, we were on the same yacht that Jay-Z and the dude from Square were on. Uh, <laughs> when they negotiated the deal, we we were we were right there. We, we breaking news, breaking news. It's out here, just, just living, living our best pandemic ball of lives. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh man, uh, what's but, what's? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, black capitalism. I guess. All right. So if you don't know, um, title was purchased by Square. And most people actually don't know what Square is, but everybody knows what Cash App is. So Cash App is owned by Square, which is owned by Jack Dorsey, who also owns Twitter, who like paid three hundred million dollars for Title. Um, and yeah, it, it just came off as of some some super nefarious like yacht shit, right? It's like <laughs> you know, they're just like. And I guess, like, the, the play is Square's a payment company. Like, you know, when you go to your coffee shop, you probably use Square. They have Cash App, like, things like that. And I guess, like, the whole thing is, like, they're going to use, quote-unquote, blockchain to streamline artist payments, which is cool, I guess. But I, I, I feel like that was some shit that was, like, tacked on at the end. I think these two dudes got drunk and high. <laughs> on the yacht, <laughs> and Jay is like, "Yo, I need to get out of this. I need to get out of this this, this title thing. This title thing's dragging me down." And Jack is like, "Yo, I got you. I got you. I got you." Like, and they and it's like blockchain. I say blockchain, I get three hundred million dollars, and yeah, like that's, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like that's how it went down. <laughs> Anything involving crypto is like crypto. You have me at crypto. How much is this? Five billion dollars? Here, take all my riches. This will make us millionaires. Um, the thing is, I actually like that idea, except for the fact that we kind of already have that. That's something called Bandcamp. I think that flattening the... All right, so obviously the issue we have is we've got artists who make content. Oh, you see, this is where, this is where I sound like a fucking business herb. You know, the, the artists make this thing called contents. You know, how do we get the content to the consumer? Um, no, I think I think like you said, the the, the idea that they were going to do this because Cash App was going to be able to leverage it, so that way they'd be able to have payments to the artists and yada yada yada. A couple of things sound weird. First of all, and again, businessman mind, three hundred million dollars sounds relatively low considering Spotify is worth billions. So that's the other weird thing. True. Second thing I, second thing I would kind of throw out there is the idea of where I actually applaud the way Title is kind of organized. It's very artist friendly. It's almost like it's not really a competitor for Spotify. I'd almost make an argument it's almost a competitor more for more so for Apple Music, where Apple Music is very much his a premium experience, his all these artist extras. Tidal was kind of doing that. Spotify, on the other hand, was on some like, here's all the music you need, yada, 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 and a, and a great algorithm. I felt that the idea of curated, of curated relationships to the artists, I felt like Apple and Tidal did a really good job of that. I could kind of see that helping of Square, 
But the problem is that it's it's like I said, it's a lot of these big stars are kind of effectively little mini corporations. Yeah. And I don't I don't know if that necessarily helps the big star. And obviously because they've got to recoup that money, even though it's relatively small in my opinion, it's not gonna help the little star either. So obviously it's really cool. You've got this idea of where you have this direct artist payment. But what does that go? Is that the idea of where I can go buy, you know, title MP3 files with my cash app, which would be great. You know, I do that. In, I do that at Bandcamp now. I go pay, put in my little PayPal, download songs. But I don't know if, like, title kind of nurtures the kind of talent that Bandcamp does. You know what I'm saying? And that's the idea. It's just like, I kind of like this. This is an idea that would have been awesome 20 years ago. I don't know about that now. Yeah. It. it I. I feel like I'm still trying to wrap my head around it and. I do. I, I think you're right. I, I do think there's there's opportunities there, you know, because obviously um, streaming services like pay very little, and like artists sometimes have trouble getting paid for it. Like they don't know, like you know, all those algorithms and formulas in terms of like what the people like a, a, a Spotify pays per stream. It's unknown, and then like artist gets a check for like point zero zero five cents, right? Um, and I do have to say, like, Jay-Z is kind of like, oh, from the jump, title's always been about supporting the artists with payments, even though, you know, I think their their per stream payout is higher than Spotify, but probably the same as Apple Music, right? Um, but, you know, I remember that that, that um, title press conference when, like, Madonna was there and, like... <laughs> Taylor Swift, yeah, yeah like, all that, yeah. All those people were there, and they're like, yeah, we're taking it back from the man, you know? <laughs> And now to be sold by the to the man, um, so I mean I I think there's some really interesting things there. I just I don't know. I I just feel like it. I can't see, like, I just it just feels weird to me. It feels weird. Like it also feels weird to me too as a music fan. This not being about the music, right? Um, this is about the tech. It's about blockchain and cryptocurrency and all those things. Um, which is kind of sad, right? You know, like it's kind of sad that music is kind of getting pushed to the wayside. And Tidal, which I think is a company that's done really well in terms of like nurturing, nurturing artists and creating that culture, um, is now just going to be another crypto company, basically, right? And I think as a music fan, that kind of hits me. Um, I understand kind of, I guess like this is the new world we live in. And music intrinsically has low value anymore, right? Because we don't purchase music. We don't, you know, like we don't have physical copies of things. Um, you know, we all stream music, which is like rental, basically. Um, but I, I just think like that's the kind of the biggest thing where it's like, I it's different from when like Apple bought like Beats, right? Like Apple bought Beats and turned it into Beats music. And that became like a thing, but music was still a kind of at the core and they launched like the Apple music radio and like things like that. Right. This is literally like, we're going to try out an idea. Um, it's probably going to like help artists, but it's probably just going to be like our crypto play. You know? Yeah. You're, I like it. You misquote for the viewers at home. Stone gave the air quotes to helping the artists, which I, which I agree with. It's it's like you said. It's the idea of where you figure a lot of those is kind of hash out after the fact. Where it's like, oh, we'll make cryptocurrency. You know, we'll we'll pivot over there, and then they kind of add that together. Yeah, no, it's it's 
like I said, you know, God bless them. If they're really about the idea of getting artists paid for their work, that's a great idea. I don't really see how it works in that space that, you know, they, they weren't necessarily, they, they had a significant market share, but obviously, you know, Spotify, Apple Music, are like the gods of the realm. And like I said, it's, it's, I think that there's definitely a space for transactions to happen between artists and their fans directly. You're, you already have a lot of those paths. I don't know how this is different. But like I said, it's, you know, I, I guess, you know, black capitalism. I mean, I think the most fascinating thing here, though, is, you know, for Jay-Z to kind of bail out on this big company, which tends to be like a big deal, it, it makes you wonder what's his, what's his next pivot, I guess, maybe hypothetically, because it's like, obviously, this wasn't long term. He's a little weird chameleon where he'll just kind of follow where the business is. And like I said, it was a relatively small sum, which is kind of sad to kind of say. I guess we're all capitalists. So I'm more interested to see like what was motivating him. Obviously, the idea is the fact of where Tal was never necessarily going to win the streaming wars. I don't know. At the same time, even though, again, you've got Twitter, you've got Cash App, you've got Square, where in their specific spaces, they've done really well. It's not like there's anything there that I can necessarily leverage that's like, oh, this tech will help that tech. Like you said, it's like they're all kind of going into this cryptocurrency to kind of gather. I kind of get the synergy, but like you said, it's something where it feels like they kind of figured out the math afterwards on their, you know, napkin in between bottles of Cristal. So <laughs> it, it is what it is. And, and you know, they're still drinking Cristal. Yes. Yeah, like yes we, we canceled Crystal like ten years ago, but you know, know. you know they're still drinking it. Yeah, Jay Z, he's got a secret, secret case. He comes out, it's like he takes the fucking labels off and shit. It's like you know, <laughs> but yeah, and like I said, like let's hope for the best. Like I said, any anything that makes that gives an opportunity for artists to have a more viable way of making money, so that way they aren't basically forced out because we kind of need art is a good thing. Like yeah. I, said, I hope the talk, the talk is, is real. Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. Um, I, and I, I, I know like this whole thing around cryptocurrency feels weird to people and things like that, but there, like if, if we can harvest that for good, um, I do think there's some, some opportunities there. So what we will definitely see. Mm-hmm. Um, so this past weekend, I'm going to say, Reg, was a blockbuster weekend. A blockbuster? Blockbuster. We, we had the, the WandaVision finale. We had Coming to America drop. Theaters oh, yeah. open. We had Drake drop Scary Hours. We had the Bruno Mars and Anderson Pock. Like, <laughs> I, I, it was like the first time, I think, during the pandemic where I was just like, oh, snap. <laughs> life, life is moving forward. Things are actually happening. Like, I got <laughs> options for entertainment right now. I'm excited. <laughs> Like, you know, it, it, it's definitely, you know, like, like the WandaVision. And I don't know if you, you mess with that show, but like, you know, like I got people who like watch it and like they're texting me because they watch it at midnight, like texting me at three in the morning. All right. I watched that shit at seven in the morning, bro. I was, I was, I, I didn't want to get no spoilers. I yeah. Like, let me, let me, let me live my life spoiler free. I'll, I'll, I'll take that L watching same, in the morning. Same fam. It's like, it's like seven thirty eight o'clock in the morning. Like, mm-hmm. like. <laughs> But when was the last time you had to do that, right? Like that, like I feel like that, you know. So I watched the WandaVision, jumped in the car, and listened to the new Drake, and then oh. like turned into the Drake XM radio. Like uh, it, it was a it was a crazy it was a crazy good day. And then we came home, watched Coming to America. So, um, but anyway, um, Drake dropped Scary Hours Two, which is you know another three song EP. <laughs> <laughs> Certified Lover Boy was supposed to come out last month, or no, in January. He was supposed to come January, out in January. Yeah. Um, it is now March. Um, 
I don't know when it's coming out, but we have this three song EP. And uh yeah, it's just I I don't know. I don't know if you got a chance to listen to it. I, I listened to it a few times. It's standard Drake, but for some reason, like standard Drake always gets me hype. <laughs> like it's literally like by the numbers, Drake. <laughs> it's I I I I concur. I mean, the, the irony of it is, I I was looking to my. Uh, to, to Erica, my girl, my fiance, and I was making a mention. It's like I kind of miss Drake, I, and and not necessarily. It's what well, it was kind of fascinating to Drake, and it's gonna sound. I don't want to kind of like like obviously, and obviously, you know, Reggie dissing Drake is gonna be is gonna make him cry. You know, that would be a hard <laughs> thing. But I kind of liked. It. He was a cool villain in the game. That makes any word sense. Like it's. I felt like you know Drake dropping new fuckboy jams is like the world is healing. It's like things are getting back to normal. <laughs> so I'm actually I was kind of amped for the fucking three songs. I was hoping it to be like you know. And that's the thing is I was hoping it to be a little bit more of what he's been doing, where basically culture vulturing. I mean, last time we saw Drake, he was rapping over a fucking UK drill and fucking Arabic. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's the last time he was seen. And then like two months before, he was basically Dominican, you know what I'm saying? Doing reggaeton and fucking full Spanish. So it's something where it's kind of refreshing to have Drake by the numbers. At the same time, I think Drake by the numbers, like even the beats, the beats are just fucking, you know, 40 beats that are just fucking little sped up soul for a little bit some trap trap hi-hats. It was a little bit too much Drake by the numbers. And I kind of wish that some of the culture vulturing he's been doing like on the side, like sadly enough, I think that would have been a lot more fun than the two tracks he dropped. Yeah, you know what? That's a very fair take. I mean, that's definitely something that, because I, I think, yeah, production wise, you know, he didn't have anything else out of the norm. Like even like a, a beat like Nights for What, right? Which is like, I think it's like a super crazy beat, like nothing super crazy. Um, lyrics wise, he's still kind of a, you know, fuck boy. Um, like on Valentine's Day, he had sex. That's good. Good for you. <laughs> yes, I remember that part. I was very yes, very. <laughs> you know, like like you know, it, it's it's literally the same like Drake beats, but um, but yeah, I, I I think like he he knows Drake knows how to make like it's like a combination of motivational rap. <laughs> In a weird way, it's like 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 I don't really aspire to be Drake, but I would I would like to like hang out in Dubai. Like, why not, right? And Drake prosperity, fuckboy gospel. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, exactly. And it's just like there's like some some admiration there, and I'm just like, okay, cool, you know. But in a way that's like I don't know, like like I I could see Drake doing that. Right, whereas like there's some rappers who rap about that stuff, and I'm just like you're like I I I you're probably living at home with your mama, um you know, and I say I I I'm not as motivated by you, right? Um, and I feel like that's kind of what Drake is, um, and I would I I had a first listen through, I'm just kind of like oh it's a standard Drake, I had like a third or fourth listen through, and I'm just like oh snap, like this is. I'm not saying it's great. It's it's amazing, but it I I I didn't hate it, right? Like I didn't hate like like Lemon Pepper or Rick Ross, which Rick Ross is becoming just like the god of of rap features now. Yes. Like, <laughs> like I I I am not mad at Rick Ross right now. Like I I I don't really want a Rick Ross album 
but I need to have Rick Ross on as, as a feature on like everybody else's track, like because he's. <laughs> but I think you know what's cool. It, maybe that's the issue. Like, like the problem with Rick Ross is that he really hasn't evolved. So Rick Ross will give you, and his albums aren't bad. But it's just the fact of we're kind of over like you know forty five minutes to an hour plus of Rick Ross isms. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so no, he, definitely. Yeah. So when he kind of comes in for a track and does it, it's like, oh, this is a little different. It's something, you know, it's 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 just enough Ross, you know what I'm saying? Just yeah. a little little paprika of the Rossisms. That's all you need. Yeah, that's all you need. That's all you need. But, uh, but yeah. <laughs> no, as but far as the Drakey P, like I, you know, I I always call like Drake like um, the Walmart of rap, just because I I and I I feel, I feel like people take offense to that, but I'm gonna change it. I want to say he's like the Disney Plus of Disney the rap Plus. game. <laughs> Because I now pay for Disney Plus, and it is the most enjoyable thing I pay for right now. Like, you got the Marvel movies, you got Pixar, you got the like new Marvel TV shows. It's six dollars a month, and I'm just like, okay, cool. I'm I'm getting my entertainment value out of the service, and that's kind of why I feel about Drake. Like, not everything's gonna be a hit, but I'm like a Drake song, and you're bumping in the car. It's it's not it's not a bad look. That's all. Oh, you know, Drake. Does Drake have any bad songs? I don't know if Drake has it. I mean, obviously, probably maybe earlier in the mixtape era, there are probably some dubs. But I'm like, he's he knows how to... You know what it is? It's kind of... It's kind of so somebody like Drake is the fact that he's, he's honed his style so well that you look at, uh, let's say, Kendrick Lamar, where it's like, I'll do a jazz album. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And it's kind of yeah. cool. Drake's power is a fact of where he's able to kind of spot trends and hop on them. Obviously, you can say it's biting. I remember fucking, like, because you look at it like Hotline Bling, which is a fucking great left field hit, you know, but it had that Boston Nova beat that Dram was doing also. Like, I feel that his, when Drake, like I said, when it's, it sounds fucked up to kind of say it, Drake is most interesting when he's biting somebody. You know what I'm saying? Afro no, beats. I, no, I feel you. I feel you. So, yeah. and, it's, and, it's, uh, and at the same time, it's like modern Drake, at least. What I thought with Scorpion, where it was very heavily under underrated, actually, was the fact of where, yes, it was very bloated, but Drake has something to say. I, for an album that was supposed to come out for months also, and that was delayed, like, there were a lot of, like, Pusha T bars referring to his kid and everything else, and it was very current, and you could kind of tell he had something to prove. It was a little bloated, but as a record itself, if you kind of took out, like, 12 songs, you'd have 12, like, you'd have a dope, solid old Drake record. And I don't know. Like I said, it's I can't do Drake by the numbers nowadays. It's hard. It's it's you gotta you gotta. Not for you. It's, it's it's I need something a little bit more inspiring because it's like he's just kind of like it's it's he's probably has a thousand songs in the fucking vault. Like how do we know these are real songs? Like I like he could have just went in there added, added a couple bars about his kid and just put it out. Like these are the same songs he was doing ten years ago. Yeah, no, no, and and that's fair. That that's fair. Like and, and like I said, like I I my first listen, I was there with you. Because yeah, this is this is definitely like I am in like the the the, the man cave writing rhymes standard by the numbers. I want to prove that I'm so cool. Like I got all like the cars and the girls, Drake, right? And, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it's a tenure trope, like you know, um, Drake. I, so, but, but yeah, I mean, I I hope that drake's rhymes will, will evolve but I'm, I'm seeing that they're not <laughs> so <laughs> if you're looking for that you're definitely going to be disappointed um but if you need some just like new like ride around your car like fuck the world shit 
um, you know, like you can imagine that your car is like a Bentley. <laughs> if you need that in your life, uh, you know, it's, it's not a bad three songs. <laughs> Driving on the Toyota Camry pretending, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Ooh. You know, so. And, uh, what else? The other big release was obviously, you know, we've, we've got the meeting of the minds. Mr. Pock, Mr. Mars, and their supergroup giving you sexy soul jams for you and your lady at home. Yeah, so this is like uh, another thing that kind of dropped, um, you know, um, like, yeah, I just came out of nowhere, I feel. Like, I, I mean, I guess this is probably something where, like, you know, they're sitting, they're both sitting at home, like, during it's, the pandemic. <laughs> Yeah, and it's I'm trying to figure out what's it is it Solid Gold? What's the name of their name? Uh, I'm Fuck. looking for it now. Silk yeah. Silk Sonic. Oh, Silk Sonic. Silk Sonic. Yeah. Right? Nah, it's it's it makes sense. The thing is when I first heard the collab, it took a second for my brain to like make sense of it. But then immediately it's like, no, this makes perfect it, sense. They're kind of Yeah. Like obviously Bruno Mars is definitely somebody where he's a revivalist. Definitely more on the pop side, but definitely, you know, he's he's you know, 80s, 70s, he's kind of draw from. And Anderson Pac's, like, fucking whole thing is just, like, you know, California 70s funk, basically. So this yeah, is, like, a fucking yeah. match made in heaven. Yeah, no, definitely. And, like, like yeah, on, on paper, it, it completely makes sense. And I, I'm surprised that it took this long, to be honest. Right? Um, <laughs> I'm looking at the, 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 the Pitchfork article right now. And guess what they call this collaboration? Oh no. 70s cosplay. Wow. Wow. <laughs> now I can't now I can't unsee it. Uh, all right. So here's here's my thing in general. So let, let's 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 call a spade a spade. So this whole seventies revivalist shit has been happening for a minute. It's been happening since fucking Amy Winehouse. It's been happening with like to a certain extent of there's been a lot of a lot of mainstream acceptance of this revival. You know what I'm saying? You have Adele. You've got fucking... This, this, this not a unique thing, this idea of 70s revival. I think it's cool that at least you have two, one black man and one blackish man <laughs> <laughs> are able to hop on the wave and make the music that they grew up with, basically. So it's just like, I, I kind of... I kind of get the critique that it's a little bit too derivative, but it's not. It's a it's a summer it's a nice sun fun summer song. Like I I don't see how you can listen to it and get mad. And I and I think it's kind of I like I love the fact they're leaning into it. Like the little fucking the call to response. It's it's very much like it it feels like they're like we're gonna do some shit. You know they smoked up, watched some Marvin Gaye videos and shit, and they're like all right this is what we're doing, and then that's what they fucking did. Yeah no definitely. I mean the 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 first track. I, I have to say, it is definitely a soothing R and B like song, and like I feel like if we were allowed to have barbecues this summer, <laughs> <laughs> might be that kind of barbecue jam. Um, I mean, it's, it is derivative, right? Like, but I mean that that's that's I mean I don't that's, know that's music, that's pop music, goddammit. it. In yeah, it's like like what do you expect, right? Um, you know, I, I thought the most interesting thing about this track is that you could tell like where like Bruno wrote his parts and where Anderson Pac wrote his parts, like Bruno wrote like the chorus and Anderson like wrote all the verses. Cause the chorus is very like booming. Yeah. Like Bruno Mars pop. 
and then like it switches to like kind of more of an Anderson Pot type of like low key like verse, which is really interesting. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm 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 interested in the full project. I, I think like I'm I'm like I said, like this is a combination that makes a lot of sense. The two people who are basically at the top of their game, um, you know, they're making the music they want to make, right? Like and. I, I feel like they can do it in a way like like leave the door open is like a d- very derivative song, but it's it's pop at the same time, right? Like yeah. it's like it's just it's really soothing. It's got like really really good mel- melodies. You can sing along to it. Like you know, like what more can you ask for? You know? Yeah, no, it's it's. I think it's 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 what I it's what I imagined. And like I said, I'm not mad. It's it's the idea of where I, I think you kind of need to have. You know, it's it's very easy to kind of point at Bruno Mars and say, well, you know, he's very derivative. And, like, obviously, Innocent Pack has been Innocent Pack for a minute. I, I like the fact that you've got live instrumentation. I, I love the fact, like, we can't just live on fucking Raphael Sadiq. Like, it, it can't just be on his shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever who, you need a fucking 60s, you know, fucking yeah, R&B like track. Say, like, you know what I'm saying? Who, who's also made several quote-unquote derivative albums yeah, it's like, like the it's 60s. Him. Him and Adrian Young. It's like, you can't be the only... This, this can't be the brain trust. You know what I'm saying? If there's an airplane crash, that's it. We have no more 70s funk and soul. It's, it's rap. So I was just like, yeah, no, I, I like the track. I like the idea. I like the concept. I was hoping... When I first heard it, I thought the album was coming out, but apparently it's a single. Like I'm, like you said, I'm yeah, just waiting for it to come out to play at a barbecue. It's like, I, that's, it's, I think it's a great... I, I, I can't be mad at people fucking making fun songs and getting money. So yeah, no, nah, I'm amped for the project. I think it's cool to have... And also, it's weird. We don't, we don't really have that many superstar products. Any like like even in hip hop, like there's no Watch the Throne really. It's we've kind of fallen away from that. So this is actually weirdly unique for other reasons also because, like, because we could I think we're confident to kind of say they're both pop stars. When's the last time you saw like a pop collab besides like a you know a one off where it's like oh it's Beyonce and fucking you know Beyonce and uh fucking Lady Gaga it's you know here's a cure on a track is this all random shit yeah no I mean it's that's a really good point like you know like these type of collaborations don't really happen that much anymore um, yeah and it's it's really interesting too because like Anderson Pac is big but he's not like Bruno Mars big yeah. <laughs> So it's also a collaboration between like two artists who are probably equally musically as talented. Obviously, Anderson Pock is like a great musician. Bruno Mars, I have to say, is a great songwriter. Like, yeah, like you know, dead ass. Um, but you know, Bruno is definitely a little bit more you know popular in terms of like you know Bruno Mars could probably play like a stadium in in Iowa um, as opposed to like. Anderson Pot can probably play a club, right? So, um, you know, even that is really interesting too. We have this collaboration of people who are like equally as talented, but like, you know, there's, I feel like the underground people are going to be like, oh, Anderson Pot. And then like the pop people are going to be like Bruno Mars, right? Like, so it's, I'm not mad. Like, I, the AR who, who like actually put this shit together needs a, needs a raise, Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> The, the shit like sells itself man <laughs> yeah no like i said it's I, it's 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 thoroughly unoffensive which is which is a yeah. rarity i feel like in the pop space where everything is controversy and it's like nah it's just two dudes kind of relatively in the same lane you know one more popular than the other both of them kind of doing their version on like you know revivalist pop music and we're gonna have a nice little cool album like i can't be mad at it at all 
Yeah, I mean, I just don't know when the album's gonna drop. Like, I, same. I was, I was like, oh, where's the album at? And I was like, I spent way too long looking for the actual album. That's the thing. This is where it goes to the AR shit. If, if, if the symbol, if the single's a dub, we might never see that album. It's like, <sighs> oh. And this is rule number four thousand and eighty. Uh, so yeah, uh, the, y'all, y'all stream this album because I want to hear the box song. <laughs> I'll get I'll get my my bots working on on the stream. I'll, I'll get my little my iPhone farm in the back. That's how I make yeah, my cash. Yeah, I want to call my Russian homie. Like, we'll hook it up. Uh, oh, what else is there? Uh, uh new music. Uh, yeah. Let me. I'll I'll start. What, what, what you got? All right. On, on my head, I, I think. Oddly enough, what's been really soothing to me during the pandemic, I've I've kind of pivoted back towards like I guess it's me and James Blake. We're both we're both out here listening to club music, where you can actually go to the club. Um, one of the records that got me through, like I was bumping a lot late last year, was uh, Momo Ready. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think it's called Psychology. I forget it. You know how obviously it's it, I always find it fascinating where. Where when you when you in, when you come to dance music in like a single kind of place, it's really hard to keep track of what the fuck is what because everything is like a white label. They've got different names, different projects. Yeah. So, uh, but I do know it's under his name in Bandcamp, and that was record I was playing a lot last year. I think it dropped around in October. But I, I guess he's because uh, on Twitter he was also like, you know, thanks for kind of helping me through the pandemic, yada yada yada. And he dropped a whole free record uh, a couple days ago. It's a shitload of tracks, all dope dance music, all dope house. And so yeah, so I've been I've been fucking a lot with that generally. I, I think that uh, I think it's because you know it's even though I'm kind of I won't say I'm out past my going out and partying stage per se, but I was definitely past my you know staying up three in the morning dancing my ass off stage. You know now I'm like a you know get home from Masterpiece theater, theater type person. <laughs> in my age. But I kind of missed the idea of where, you know, you kind of feel that club energy. So a lot of that has been filled in with, you know, obviously a lot of the DJs on Twitch, but also just like, you know, producers I've been listening to at home where basically they've been doing like dope fucking records. So fucking like, you know, like, and Momo Radio was one of them. So, you know, shouts to him, shouts to his project. And like, you know, y'all should give it a download because it's free. But obviously if you got a little Skrilla, pay the man. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> word, word. Uh, for me, I, I've been going down some wormholes. Um, I, I, so I went down a JID wormhole. Um, Fantastic MC. Yeah, and and JID, somebody I knew from a lot of uh, the Dreamville uh, collections from um, J Cole, um, and you know he's a part of the, that Dreamville collective, East Atlanta rapper. Um, I would say probably one of the wokest rappers from East Atlanta. Um, but I, I think like one of the reasons why I kind of gravitated to, to JID is like, I mean, I, I'm a backpack kid, you know, so it is what it is. Um, and I think like JID kind of has like, um, this really interesting flow, but also too, like the beat selection is very much like, you know, kind of like old school hip hop. Um, you know, I, you could tell like he idolizes like those dudes. I, he has like Method Man on one track on uh, his last album. Um, and it's just like one of those things where I was just kind of like, oh snap, like this is like a really interesting, um, it's just like, it takes that kind of hip hop formula and kind of like tweaks it. Right. Like he, he can kind of ride on different parts of the beat. He has a really interesting cadence a really interesting voice. 
um, his production choices are really interesting. And like, it could be something where you'd be like, oh, so just another rapper. But I feel like he tweaks, like he tweaks it in ways um, that just distinguishes himself. Um, and also too, he's like mad woke. Um, and the reason I went down the wormhole is that he has a new single called Skiggy. Um, and it's basically talking or it's kind of built around um, the Tuskegee syphilis experiments, things like that. Um, and that's my hometown. And he went down to my hometown uh, in Alabama, Tuskegee, Alabama, to shoot the video. And I got mad, like, mad nostalgic. I know where every scene was filmed. Because when you grow up in a small town, like 9,000 people, like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I know every block, every shot. Like, um, you know, former mayor was in there. Some people like I grew up with were like, in that video. So um, I got, like, mad nostalgic and things like that. So... Um, and then I went back to his last album, DiCaprio 2, uh, which is really dope. Um, and then, you know, also too, I started going down a video wormhole. Um, he has this track called Off the Zoinkies that has, Oh, like, that's a good uh, song. Yeah. Yeah. And like the video was a dude from a uh, baby driver in it. Like, and which I don't understand the video at all, but like, I kept pressing like, like replay. I'm like, what, what's going on here? <laughs> um, so I'm a little late to the party ish. But, um, you know, G.I.D., really cool rapper. Um, everybody's anticipating his next album, um, which hopefully will drop in, I, I would say, like, the next couple months, maybe. Um, now that he has a single out. Um, so we'll, we'll see. But um, I don't know. I, it's like, I don't mind. Like, I just, I, I feel like, you know, I don't know what Kendrick's doing. Um, you know, Cat's like, Lupe Fiasco have been like <laughs> out the picture for a long time. I feel like the woke corner needs to needs a champion. The woke corner of rap needs well, a champion. We, we, uh, we've got. I feel like because the thing is, I guess I guess something. It's interesting about JID is that obviously it's Atlanta dude, but for some reason in my head, I don't know if it's because I was listening to it at the same time. I kind of associate him with all those like Chicago acts, like Smino. Like Saba, yeah, and, and I think yeah. they might have a track together, but for some reason, like my brain kind of puts them together in that kind of same kind of thing. Where it's just, it's just like I mean, I don't want to like like him, no name. There's a there's a there's a certain class of twenty somethings that are kind of you know that aren't you know that are very dexter. I don't know how to describe it to you. Where you've kind of have these revivalists, like let's say your uh, your your Blue Navies, your uh, Blue Navies. Did I say that correctly? Shit. I think I not, Navy not blue. blue. Navy blue. There we go. Blue Navy is the, the kid. <laughs> Navy blue's the rapper, right? Who's blue? Are you talking about old Navy? The store? No, no. <laughs> who's the who's the who's the Connie West kid? The 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 somebody. Damn it! I feel like, or is it is it Jay Z's kid? Who's who's got a kid that's like a fucking like, weird name? Like kid kid? Oh, you're talking about a Blue Ivy. Blue Ivy. Yeah, 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 Blue Ivy. <laughs> there we go. All right. I got it. Blue Ivy. <laughs> Jay-Z Child. Navy Blue Dope Rapper. Right? <laughs> Is this my, my old man? I got this? All right. Good. good. Old Navy Store. <laughs> store. All right. 
right. Like, I look I'm joking, confused. man. I'm joking. No, but it's the idea of where you've got a lot of the young young cats kind of doing it, but kind of doing the boom bap way. What I like about like Smino, you know, No Name, even No Name's kind of like her last group was pretty much almost it felt like an R and B vibe, very very neo soulish. They're kind of doing different things in, in corners. JID is very interesting to me because he's a very dexterous rapper, so he's rapidly rapping his ass off and dropping bars that are smart. But you could also tell that a he doesn't he doesn't enough where. He's not fucking up the song where it's just about his rapidly rapping. There's still like a hook there, or there's still like a dope beat or something. Like he doesn't really get away get in the way of the song. Yeah. But at the same, but it's also happy. It's also having. It's also fun to have somebody having fun with flow. If that makes any word sense. Yeah. Like he's yeah. somebody where he likes to rap around the bars. He's showing you that it's not just the fact that I've got bars. It's like oh, if you give me like that weird ludicrous trap from like fucking punked. That's all offbeat. I could nail that too. So I like the fact of where you've got a young rapper that actually likes rapping and is actually saying something and not letting it, you know, like not let not letting the conscious wave, like oh, I could just say some smart bars and I let me slide. He's somebody that definitely works on his craft. So yeah, no, I'm, I'm a huge fan. I love that last record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely, definitely. Um, and then outside of that, like, um, I I went through another uh, wormhole. Uh, oh man, now I'm gonna forget who I was gonna talk about. Um, Denzel Curry. Denzel so Curry, a, yeah. A Denzel Curry wormhole. Um, I mean, Zoo was like like a really great album. I love that album, and I remember catching on to that album a little bit late. But uh, he's doing a lot of, like a lot of really interesting stuff, and hopefully next week we'll talk about the the album he did with Kenny Beats. Um, but like he's doing like a lot of interesting stuff. He's also like jumping on kind of some of these like. I don't know, like like boom bap beats as well. Um, like like he has a couple tracks like Joey Badass and like things like that. Like he's, I don't know, it's just really interesting to kind of see, like like a a rap dude kind of experiment. Like most people kind of think of him as kind of like I don't even know what the, the what lane to put him in, right? Because like he's 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 almost like. I almost want to say like Zoo is kind of like a, a a modern version of like Onyx in a little way, where like it's it's very kind of like fucking in your face, right? Yeah, um, no, he, it's it's I you can make the argument so he came through a Freda clan where you know the original SoundCloud rappers, where even though a lot of the beats were like slow and druggy, he kind of came from the school of extensionists, where yeah. it's very much aggro and angry. But like you said, he's somebody where. Like he's doing it over boom bap. He's somebody where he's kind of taking that style, and it's not just like I'm just gonna sit here and it's 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 fascinating the way his trajectory. Because even like a zoo, like I said, it's very most onyxy. But a lot of those beats are just like southern, like not southern, like like he was like I'm trying to make a Florida ass album. Yeah, and it sounds like a Florida ass album. It sounds no, like no, some shit. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. Like like the some of like the so it's kind of what's fascinating about him is the idea of where he could have easily been like pigeonholed or just like. You know, I'm trying to think of who, like a Kodak Black, for for a lack of a better terms. Whereas it's like, sure. all right, but he's somebody where, like, he's he has that Rage Against the Machine cover that was really dope. Like they had a uh, yo, that was incredible. Yeah, yeah so it's like he's a dude where he could definitely do like you know, you know, rap rock aggro vocals, but also do like some southern dance shit if he wanted to, but also rhyme over boom bap. Like he's a, just a really well to MC, and I feel like because he came from that scene, he doesn't get the respect he does. I think if he came out of L.A. or New York or Atlanta they'd be able to kind of recognize his talent more. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and that, I mean, I feel like if J.I.D. came from L.A. or New York, 
I feel like he would be a lot higher too. Oh yeah, no, it's coastal (laughs) elites. Coastal, coastal, the coastal elites. <laughs> Ruining everything. Yeah, nah, and it's and it sucks because it's also like a fair belt style they expect it from. So it's like you can come out of Atlanta, but it's gotta be this way. You can come out of LA, but you gotta be this way. You gotta come out of New York, and you still hear it just this way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's something where it's it's fascinating how rap is non-regional, but yet very regional. Like we we are still talking about BK Drill. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of a weird thing to kind of mention how that's. You know, and, and again, I'm not saying it's necessarily a negative. I think it's great. I think it's awesome to have micro scenes because that's how the art moves forward. Whereas it's like you've got these group of guys, guys or girls, experimenting over a certain kind of flow, a certain kind of production style, you know, kind of honing it in a little fucking basement somewhere. And then it just kind of starts to morph and mutate and then the like culture kind of absorbs it back in there and makes it its own. So I think it's actually a good thing. But it's at the same time, like I said, it's, it's interesting to see how very much like because Denzel Curry, even though Denzel Curry is probably a lot more like Joey Badass than fucking, than like little peep or little pump. He's they associate him with like little pump. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, no. It's 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 a very weird thing. Is and I don't know, I don't know what's gonna happen. Like when, when like the world returns, right? Like like it's it's a weird thing where you like. I wonder if music will become more local, just because I I think that when venues open up it's probably going to be reduced capacity and you're just going to go and like you're going to like just want to listen to anybody in the room and it's probably going to be a little bit more like you have these local communities where you know they haven't traveled in a year so i wonder if music is going to kind of be more local and kind of have these locals like more local and refined sounds and you know there'll just be more local kind of like like posses and crews popping up um or is it like you know we have access to the world and things will be more global um but i I do think like you know the pros and cons of like having this local first is that yeah you do have these people um you know like a denzel curry who's always going to be in that miami or like florida lane yeah with everybody from like rick ross you know to flo rida to pitbull to low pump right (laughs) Um, so I don't know. Like I, 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 it'd be, it'd be very interesting to kind of see like the, the, the evolution, but I I will say with Denzel Curry, like he's just trying a lot of different things and I can't be mad at that. Like, why not? You know? Yeah, no, it's something where I try to think of, yeah, I I hate the comparisons, but he's somebody where I felt like the idea of kind of multi-tiered MC Rap, rap over anything, but has a certain kind of urgency. What he's saying, kind of like a shit. I almost like it's it's hard to kind of have, everything. Everything is a comparison. But what I like about Denzel Curry is he's a, a rapper where he he's very much in your face. And like you said, is even the aggressiveness is about his feelings. If that makes any more sense. So it yeah. reminds me a little bit of like, and it's gonna sound bad, like almost like kind of like a DMX. If that makes any word sense. Where not necessarily in sound, but he wears his demons on his sleeves. You know, mm. like when you, when this is the Denzel Curry. Obviously, you get your rap boast to a certain extent, but yeah. there's a lot. And I don't want to say he's necessarily woke or conscious, but he does speak his mind. Like he, I've I've heard him talk about mental illness. You know what I'm saying? Like it's something yeah. where he does kind of like he shows you his own side. It's you know Denzel Curry is also it's it's a rap persona, but you kind of get a lot of the man behind that rap persona. So it's like you know it's kind of cool that that kind of happened that could kind of still be there. And I think that. I don't know. It's it's. I think going back to your point of being hyper local scenes, I do think that 
is going to be a space of where we won't really tolerate too much artifice and too much fronting. I mean, obviously, I think there was a place for that. There always is in hip hop to a certain extent. It's a it's a genre about you know you know boasting and about who's a better MC. But I do think that we've kind of emerged through this word trauma together. So I think it's going to be a lot of introspection, even in people you don't really expect it to be from. Long story yeah. short. Yeah. yeah. Cool, yeah, and cool. And that's about it. You know, the time to go back. I've got a meeting with uh, Jack, you know what I'm saying? Jack Dorsey, you know, my boy. You know, we're going to finish out hammering out the finalized details. Of this, of this big mega, mega Bro, cryptocurrency deal I'm, I'm working on now. I'm, I'm about to say like the Reg and Stone, <laughs> about to be crypto. Oh, we're gonna, it's gonna be fucking. What do you call those? Block, new... block, blockchain. Blockchain. Don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Don't care. They already wrote the check. <laughs> Man. <laughs> Reg and Stone blockchain. We're gonna have our own um, coin. Oh, I'm looking forward to it, man. We're going to have NFT. our own Reginstone uh, coin. We're going to be selling our podcast to <laughs> NFTs, baby. You know what I'm saying? Yo, that's... A, yeah. Yes, you know, that's, we, need, we need to talk about the next team. Like, NFTs? That, that shit's crazy, too, man. That, that shit... It's, man, rich people need a new hobbies. How about you fucking invest in real shit, you, you motherfuckers? <laughs> and it's like, on one hand, I'm not mad at artists kind of scamming it, because fuck it, if you guys will give me this fucking money, I'll take it. Yo. At the same time, oh, come on, come on. Oh, killing me, killing me. <laughs> now I'm just like, yo, like, could could we do a Reginstone NFT? We could do a Reginstone NFT. I mean, yeah. I, we'll, we'll go okay. out. And go, we'll sell it to the. We'll, 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 it's, this this talk, talks about the plight of the black podcaster music journalists. And oh, all yeah, this we, play, we, we play on that uh, that white guilt. Well, come on, it's all white guilt. All white guilt. <laughs> We'll have to write new stories. It's like, you know, beaming in from, I don't know, the, the, the hoods of gentrified Brooklyn. Old New York. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Don't give us any ideas. We, I'm, I'm trying to get on that yacht, man. I'm trying to get on that yacht. Like, I'm trying to get, I'm, wanting, I'm trying to get that, the, that like, not even the, the vaccine, but that experimental drug that, like, makes me live eternally. Like, because I, I feel like that's out there. I just have to be a part of the Illuminati. They have to be so, part of the Illuminati. You know what uh, I wonder about? Well, not a lot, but like, remember David Geffen very early on in the pandemic was on some like, you know, I feel for everybody. We're going to get through this together. And it was from his fucking yacht. Like, has he been on, this, been on his yacht this whole time? Just chilling out there. Like, the whole world's burning. He's just getting his little fucking Mai Tais and shit. Getting his fucking and flip flops. I mean, I like, yeah. Damn. Why not? Damn. Why not? We gotta build some guillotines, my friends. We need to build yeah, some guillotines. Uh, and on that note, y'all. On, on that note, stay safe. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, take care of yourselves, because billionaires definitely don't really care about you. You know, I know there's words out there. You know, this is this is this is a pro-vax pro-vax podcast. I understand we've got issues. The government hasn't been trying to kill black and brown and poor folks forever. But- but get that vax if you but can. Get that vax. You got. I'll, I'll, I'll put it to you this way. You know, they stopped capitalism. They were like, we're stopping this capitalism for this disease. The only way that's gonna happen if it's actually real. You know what I'm saying? Don't, don't, don't believe those, those, those words out there. Get your free vax. You know what I'm saying? Get something free out of this government, damn it, for once. That's Supposed right. To pay these goddamn taxes. All right, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, y'all. And on Until that note, next, we love y'all. Peace. Peace.